0: Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I wanna thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. morning, TC. Let's give it for Jesus all across this place, come on. Man, we're so excited you guys are here. And the uh, past couple weeks, we've had some amazing people speaking to us. And uh, uh, our staff is just phenomenal. And so Nate did a great job. Pastor Justin did a great job. And I'm glad to be with you guys this week. And, uh, and so if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brad Livingston. I'm the lead pastor here at TC. And, uh, yeah, leave it to Pastor Justin to come on to Miley Cyrus and me, Dr. Dre. But uh, all that to say... <laughs> I remember when I was getting ready to take over the church. So, uh, if you're new, my, so my dad actually launched the church uh, in in uh, 2013. We launched it together. Pastor Dan Levy, was on the front row, he's our founding pastor, and and uh, he was actually going to be preaching this week, and he dove off a ladder and. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and, and ended up in the hospital. But all that to say is uh, he's good now. Don't go give him a hug. He's got broken ribs. But all that to say is uh, we launched a church in 2013. I took over in 2018 as lead pastor. I remember when I was getting ready to take over the church, just there were a lot of people that had a lot of doubts uh, as to whether or not I could even do this, whether I was the right person for the job. Uh, I know he probably heard way more than he let me hear about that. Uh, Because at the time, you know, I was young. I was 31 years old. Uh, Pastor Dan is the most, most caring, loving person in the world. I am not Pastor Dan, and people had a hard time with that. I'll be honest with you. Like, the, and then Pastor Dan, he, you know, part of his testimony is like, I've never touched drugs, never touched alcohol. Like, that's he lived a life that was whole, you know holy before this. Like Jesus, the Apostle Paul, Pastor Dan. Okay, so it's like that's the order that it goes in. And, and uh, at least in my eyes, he's always been that person. You know, and I did not, that was not my teenage representation. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, he just, we we live very different lives. And so when I was getting, when I was getting ready to take over, there were a lot of people that were honestly kind of boisterous about the fact that like, I don't think he's the guy. Um, and can I be honest with you? Some of those words got into my heart and I started to believe it too enough that over the first two years of me being the lead pastor of the church, there were multiple moments where I was like, I don't think I'm the guy. And maybe there's a the part of humility where you have this job where you should always kind of feel like maybe you're not the guy. Like, you don't want to be too boastful about yourself, right? But um, there was just like, I, I, I've, I found myself for years fighting against these words that were spoken over me that I didn't even realize had control over me. And maybe for some of you, you found yourself in a very similar place where things that were spoken to you ended up being things that were spoken over you. And the things that were spoken over you became the false ceiling that you lived under for most of your life. And if some of you are honest, maybe you live there now. Like there's this this thing you feel like in your life you can't get past because of something that someone else spoke over you and words that had got into your heart. And I believe that hopefully today is going to be a monumental moment in some of your lives where you start to shatter the glass ceiling the enemy's placed over you and start living a victorious life in Jesus name. But the question that I have for you is, isn't it interesting how the words people speak over you can so easily become a truth to you that isn't actually true? Like, how many of us have believed something that someone spoke over us that in hindsight isn't really true, we've just bought into it. We've let it become a truth to us, even though it's not a truth to God. And so here we are living a life under these these conditions and this ceiling that God says, hey, you no, know, no, that's I never that's never what I wanted for you, right? Many of us have heard this phrase growing up, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Right? So young kids, you have no idea about this. This isn't your life. All right? you guys got like care corners and stuff. You all don't know nothing about this, but <clears throat> your emotional support rooms or whatever. Anyway, I'm not that's not today's sermon. Uh but how many guys know we all know this is a lie? If you were honest, if we were honest, we would say the bumps and the bruises heal. but some of those words have lasted forever. Some of you still live, and live under the words that were spoken of you 30 and 40 years ago, right? Because the reality is this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can make or break you. That's the reality that we all live with. And Paul speaks in Philippians chapter 4, and he says this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, let's go there. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Is that even possible To only think about the things that are pure and right and lovely. Does anybody else struggle with the not pure, not right and disgusting parts of what you believe in your mind? Right. So it's like, just think about those things. But my thing is like, how do I do that? Because I don't feel like this is possible, that I could only ever think about those things. Well, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, which is the two verses that actually come before 8 and 9, give us context. Now, for the record, how many of you ever, like, maybe your grandma went to church or something, and you heard that, only think of what's pure and lovely. and no, like you, Maybe you've heard that before, but a lot of times we don't actually hear this part. And this is the important part that makes that possible. He says, don't be anxious about anything. Cool. Let's just put that on the list of stuff I can't do either, right? Like, don't be anxious about anything. But this is what he says In every situation, say every. every, every situation, by prayers and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, here's the thing I realized. And I was watching a study this week, or I was reading a study this week, and they were talking about how the parts of your brain that process anxiety and thanksgiving can't coexist. It's impossible for you to be filled with anxiety when you're living in a state of thanksgiving. So when you're anxious, what you need to start doing is thanking God for what you have and what he's already done, rather than worrying about what he may or may not do in the future. So how you can start overcoming anxiety, which I know there's a medical thing. I'm just talking about general anxiety that we all experience. How you can start overcoming that now is be thankful for where you are rather than anxious about not knowing where you might be. And it'll change everything for you, which is why I believe Paul was saying, he said, Don't be anxious about anything, but with thanksgiving in your heart, just come before the Lord, right? And that'll start changing the way that we think. And that's important, but man, I think words have a lot of power. And today I just want to show you some things that might help you understand how words have power and how we can start living differently. And the first thing we have to understand is that words created the lies we heard. Words actually created the lies that we heard at some point somewhere in some moment somebody spoke something over you or to you that took root and it became part of your identity words created these lies that we heard and in Genesis chapter 3 right we can we'll, we'll look at that it'll show up for you but to give you context God created this is the very beginning of the bible God created the heavens and the earth he created the garden right? He created the the tree that he told Adam and Eve, you're not supposed to eat of this tree. If you do eat of it, you'll surely die, right? So what do they do? Eat from it, right? Exactly. So, because we're so good at rule following. Anyway, so, but this is, this is how the serpent, the enemy comes to Eve. And I want you to pay attention to his wording because it's very strategic. He said to the woman, listen, let's go there. It says, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And see, a lot of times we think it was about the fruit, but can I tell you something? It was never about the fruit. The temptation for Eve was to be like God. The temptation for Eve, see what the enemy has done from Genesis chapter three to today wasn't to try to get you to do the wrong thing, it's to try to get you to believe the wrong thing. See, some of you think the greatest thing the enemy can do is to get you to go back to your pornography or your drug addiction or your bitterness or your unforgiveness. No, the, the trick of the enemy is to make you feel inferior with how God made you and make you want more. And you go searching for it, not realizing that every place you put your attention is always going to let you down, too. Because what you need is a submission to an ultimate God, not to be God yourself. But what happens is when we buy into these lies, we see ourselves as inadequate. And this is what the enemy does. He says, you're here, but if you could do these things, you could actually be here. And we spend our whole life trying to climb this impossible ladder to be like God rather than realizing right here is where I'm supposed to be, right under God. And listen to me, if I could find confidence and freedom in where I am, the lies don't have to be my bondage. They can be my freedom. And so what do we do? the enemy since the beginning of time has tried to hold us in this exact same spot. Craig Rochelle says it really well. He says, our lies have been reinforced over and over to become bigger and stronger. So then it's not just that we heard a lie, right? It's that we heard a lie and then a situation in our life, because the enemy is strategic, he comes in and he uses the situation to reinforce the lie. And then he uses other people's words to reinforce the lie. And then if we're all honest... He uses our own words to reinforce the lie. Because how many guys know if you hear it enough, it's only a matter of time before you look in the mirror and you start telling yourself that. And so he comes in and all of a sudden through life, it's getting bigger and stronger that you're not who God says that you are. You're not this and you're not this and you're not this. But the reality is those are lies we don't have to believe. The problem is, and if we're all honest, I think we all could truly believe this, the lies are easy to believe because they agree with our hearts. So the reason that the lie, we're so comfortable with these lies is because these lies agree with what we already believe about ourselves. So, so when someone comes to you and says you're a terrible parent, guess what you already believe in your heart? That you're a terrible parent. For some of you parents in here, you're already looking in the mirror going, you're such a bad parent. I can't believe you lost your temper again. I can't believe you did this. And so what happens is you're already telling yourself you're bad at something. And so when someone else speaks it to you, it agrees with what you already see inside yourself. It agrees with your inadequacies. When when, when you are already telling yourself you're a terrible spouse, and then your spouse tells you you're a terrible spouse, what does it do? It agrees with what you already believe about yourself. The reason the lies are so hard to overcome is because most of the lies aren't complete blatant lies. They're partial truths that agree with what we already believe. Right? So if someone were to come to me and be like, the sky is red, I'd be like, no, it's Florida. It's definitely black and gray. Okay? So... (laughs) <laughs> we get glimmers of blue, right? So uh, the the reality is, like, if someone were to tell us that, I'd be like, "No, the sky is definitely blue, right?" You can't tell me something that I can see within my own eyes. I can see is not true. But if you were to come to me and say, "Well, it's actually like a pigment of this, and it's kind of these things," and you start getting into language I don't understand, I'd be like, "Yeah, no, 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 that's probably true." <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when science people start explaining stuff to you, like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah," <laughs> <Right? clears throat> But, now we laugh at it, but that's what the enemy does. He doesn't come to you and tell you that your life is terrible. And he just finds the little places of your heart where you already believe something that's not true. And he just starts adding layers to it. And over time, what happens, those layers become a ceiling that you live under and you never actually see what God wants you to be. That's what, that's what he does to our high. So, so the words created the lies, but then the words guide the lies that we believe. The words guide these lies that we believe. And so we start to operate under those things. And in James 3, verses 3 through 10, uh, he says this, amongst other things, but this is the part I want you to get out of this passage. He says, A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong, right? He says this, In the same way, the tongue, it's a small thing, That makes grand speeches. In in other words, you can work hard, grind, hustle. You can climb the corporate. You can do all of those things. You can get physically strong. you You can do all of those things. But if you don't harness your words and you don't combat the words that have been spoken over you, you can become strong physically but still be mentally and spiritually weak which is the reason why you can see so many people that look look like they've got everything together. But if you were to penetrate their heart, you would see that there's still weak little boys and girls in there because they were hurt at an age that's held them this long. And we have to learn to combat those things and start finding freedom because that's what God desires for our heart, right? Here's the problem with that is we don't realize how powerful words really are right? Think about this for a second. Think about the ways in which words, just a few words, can shape a lot of things in your life, right? So if you're single or if you're married, if you're single, think about the day this will come. If you're married, think about, remember the day that this happened, right? These words, will you marry me, right? That's a joyous occasion supposed to be. That's a joyous moment, right? (laughs) Some of you are like, huh, huh, huh. That's a joyous moment, right? Like, that was a a great thing. Here's another thing. Hey, we're pregnant. Joyous moment. Supposed to be. (laughs) So, like, right? Like, oh, it brings cheer to your heart, right? Those things, like, so we have these moments where, listen, the words shaped the environments that we lived in. And they created an atmosphere. Like, so words can, words do have power. But, But what about on the other side of the coin? Negative situations, right? You have cancer those words have power, right? I need to see you in my office. (laughs) Right? Is that a good, I need to see you in my office? Like, what, you know, (laughs) anxiety. With Thanksgiving, present our petition. No, all (laughs) right. sorry. But these words have power. And and when I work with couples, I worked with uh, especially young couples that are getting married. So in premarital counseling or in marital counseling, we work with a lot of people, and here's one of the things that I oftentimes work with people on, is I, I encourage them to take two words out of the vocabulary, and it changes everything in their life. You ready? It's the words never and always. Right? Because like, maybe this phrase has existed in your home somewhere. Even married, single, doesn't matter. Maybe you've heard it, whatever. You never do what you said you were going to do. Right? That's a, that's a very, like, aggressive statement. But here's the deal, if you took the word, is it true? Probably not. You know what I mean? Wives, calm down, calm down, calm down. If we said we'll fix it, we'll fix it. We don't need to be reminded every six months, okay? so. <laughs> But in all honesty, right, like words like you never, you never do this. Well, that's not really true, is it? It's that oftentimes they don't, but the word never makes a common statement an aggressive one. You always, you always ignore me when you're looking at your phone. Well, do I always ignore you? No, not really. But that one word changes. Some, I can see people already looking at their spouse right now. Mm. We do marriage counseling on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, so it's 150 an hour. Anyway, so. That last part's not true. It's not true. That was a joke. Um, but all that to say is, we can see how our words have power, right? So, so I encourage people all the time. I'm like, take those two words. Instead of you always ignore me, what if you replaced it with how you feel rather than a statement of truth? You make me feel like I'm being ignored when you're looking at your phone. Now we can have a conversation about who we're becoming rather than you making a statement of who I already am. That's the way we can shape words. Now, if it's that easy to do in our marriage, how easy do you think it is for the enemy to manipulate us in our lives? But also, if we can do that in our marriages or in our homes, we could certainly do that in the way we live our lives with God. To start to shape who we are as an identity. That's why I tell people all the time, you'll always find what you're looking for. You will always find what you're looking for. So so if you're looking for your spouse to be a terrible spouse, guess what you're always going to see? them being a terrible spouse. If you're looking for your kids to be heathens, guess what they're always going to be? Heathens, right? If you're looking for your boss to be a terrible boss, guess what you're going to see? All the ways he's a terrible boss or she, right? But if you're looking for the ways that your boss is making a change to try to be a better person, guess what you'll see? The ways that they're trying to be. better. if you're you're looking for your spouse to look like how they're making ways to be a better spouse, guess what you'll find? The ways that they're changing. If you're looking for your kids to be better, you won't find that anywhere. Kids are just out. (laughs) If you're you're looking for your kids to to, like you'll find the ways that they did put that toy away. You'll find the ways that they did. Why? You'll always find what you're looking for. So we need to be careful with our words because our words create the roadmap for our thoughts. So we need to pay attention to what we're looking for, because if we're constantly saying this is all it's ever going to be, guess what it's going to be? This forever. So we need to start changing how we're looking at this. That's why Proverbs eighteen twenty one says the power of life and death is in the tongue. The words that we speak have power, and we need to pay attention to the way that we speak them, Right? We need to understand how we're shaping the environment that we're living in using the words that we have. So the power of life and death, it's right here in the tongue, which brings me to my last point, And that's that words combat. So if words create and words reinforce, then it's also words that combat the lies that are in our mind. It's words, if words from other people created the lie, words from ourselves reinforce the lie. But that means we need to find some words that are going to change the lie. We need to find some things that we can start speaking to ourselves and over ourselves that's going to change where we're at, right? Levi Lusko says it like this, and I love what he says. He says, it's time you fire yourself as your own personal critic and hire yourself as your personal coach. That's real, man. It's time you stop looking in the mirror and telling yourself everything that you're not. It's time you stop looking in the mirror and speaking these things over yourself. You're so ugly, you're so fat, you're so skinny, you're so bad, you'll never be this, you'll never be that, you'll never be good enough, you'll never be pretty enough, you'll never be successful enough, you'll never accomplish anything worthwhile. It's time you stop being your personal critic and start looking in the mirror, and fellas being like, you are a stud in Jesus' name. (laughs) Look at this God-given creation right here. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like But honestly, man, for it's it's time. Some of you need to start declaring that you're courageous and strong, rather than weak and pathetic. It's time some of you we got to start changing the language that we live under, ladies. It's time you start looking in the mirror and saying, "I will not go to Starbucks on the way to work this morning." (laughs) No, nothing. All right, I tried, fellas. I tried. It's time. all the ladies in here. Are like, mm. it's been real, guys. Appreciate y'all coming out. No, yeah. So, but in all honesty, it is time that you start declaring you are a creation that God built. And you need to start walking in the beauty that God made you in instead of wishing you were somebody else. You are, you are beautiful. You are. Like, there may be things about yourself that God is challenging you to change, just like he's doing that in all of us, both spiritually, physically, emotionally, whatever. There are attributes of who we are that God says, hey, I, I want to make that better. And we need to do those things, right? Like we need to say yes to those things. But here's the reality. It's not you that's terrible. There just may be some things about you that God wants to keep helping change. But you need to identify the beauty and the courage and the strength and the wisdom and the things that God God has put inside of you and start declaring that those are the things that people can see and those are the things that people love and that's what God has put inside of you rather than seeing all the things that you're not. Stop being your critic and start being your coach. Start telling yourself who you are. But again, we have to figure out where that source is going to come from. Like that has to come from the right place, right? Right? And so we have to start getting that from somewhere. Ephesians 4, 29, it says this. It says, let no corrupt talk, right? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Don't, so whether it's you, whether it's other people, we don't need to be speaking and spewing all this junk over ourselves and over others because we're creating a bondage for ourselves and we're creating a bondage for them. We don't need to those aren't the things we need to be communicating constantly. When you look in the mirror, listen, all you're doing when you declare all the things that the enemy says about you is you're already agreeing with the things in your heart you think. You got to start dec- you got to start declaring the things that God says about you. You got to start putting those things and here's the deal, you got to start speaking those things louder than the lies. Right? Because how many guys know whatever's the loudest gets your attention? Right? Like, anybody ever tried to read with the TV on before? Right? Come on. Three, you three you read the same page three times, you still don't know what it says? You are like what did that say? Right? Or, or 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 here's one that I think all of you can resonate with. Anybody ever tried to turn the radio down so you can see better? When you're driving, you're like, hold on, brother, I, I can't see. I gotta find this street. Turn the radio down. I gotta You're looking for a good parking spot, you gotta oh, it's too much. Too much. It's too much. Right? Anybody ever think that your parents were lying to you when they're like turn the light off while we're driving at night we're going to get a ticket. You know, you're like that's not real, you know. But we why? Like whatever is bombarding you is the distraction. So what do you do? You've got to put what you're focusing on above everything else. It's the same way in your life. You're going to have the things coming into your mind and into your hearts. So you're going to have those words continuing trying to show up. You're going to have those things showing up. That means you've got to get some truth louder than the lies in your mind. You've got to let something start to resonate in you that's greater than what the enemy says and greater than those lies that were spoken over you. That means you've got to start getting something else higher in your radar that's Start speaking the truth to you. That's why I love Hebrews four, twelve. It says, for the Lord of God is living. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if you're just reading this like a history lesson, you're missing the point. It speaks life to you. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, And discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You need something that's gonna get right in between all those lies and all that nonsense, and it's gonna cut it and start speaking truth into the middle. And I didn't say this in the 830 service, but I think this is for somebody in here. Some of you you've been you've been reading your Bible, but you haven't let your Bible be reading you. You've been pulling it in as information, but you haven't been digesting it like truth. You've been trying to check your religious box, and you keep going to it when you're in trouble, thinking that it's going to work like a miracle pill, and it just hasn't. You just keep giving up because you're like, why does it matter if I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it? Well, it matters because it's speaking truth, and you're, you're getting something on the inside of you that you don't realize until the moment comes when the lie shows up, and all of a sudden you've got something in the back of your mind that can speak to it and say, that's not true. So you... What you're doing is, A, you're drawing closer to the Lord because his word, like, the word became flesh in Christ. So you're you're actually drawing closer to God just when you open this and start reading it and digesting it for truth. But the second thing that's happening is you're actually building an artillery that when the war starts in your mind, you actually have bullets to fight back with. And so I want to encourage you, even when you don't feel it, keep reading it because you may not need it right now, but you will need it. And let that get into your heart, right? That's why it's so important that we have to do this, and so, which leads me to my next point. I, I just wanted to give you kind of three easy tips on, just, just a way that you can start breaking these words down, man, and letting God speak truth to you. And the first one is, the first thing you got to do if you're going to deal with these thoughts, is you got to write down your thoughts, and you got to identify the source. So write down your thoughts. So so when you're sitting in that moment and you're believing something, you're going like. You're believing the lie, you're not good enough, you know, this is never going to work, you're terrible, whatever. When you're in that moment, write it down. But here's the second thing you got to do. Where is this coming from? Where's this coming from? Because it's not coming from God. So where is it coming from? And for some of you, you may have to go back 10 years. You may have to go back 30 years. You may have to go back, some of you, 40, 50. You're going to go back to somewhere where somebody told you you'll never be anything. This will never work. You're never going to be good enough. Someone put an anchor in your soul that continues to sink you to the bottom of this pit because they've spoken something that you just let root in your heart. Write it down and then identify the source. Where did this come from? And the second thing you're going to do is what we just talked about. Stop the cycle by identifying the lies and replacing them with truth. So I know that's what the lie says. But the, the, my, but the word of God says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The, the word of God says that I can walk in joy and peace regardless of my circumstances. The, the word of God says that I'm victorious in Christ, so I don't have to continue to be a victim. What are we doing? We're putting truth now, and we're getting rid of the lies. And then here's the hard part. This is the part I struggle with, if I were to be honest with you. Declare the truth repeatedly. I struggle with this. Because I wanted to be like a one and done. Come on, anybody like that? All right, spoke the truth. I should never have to deal with this ever again. And tomorrow, right? Come on, anybody? Like you got you to keep coming back to this. I wanted to be I, I feel this way about a lot of I feel this way about dieting. I think it's ridiculous. It's 2023. We ain't created a pill for this yet? I feel like I should eat one salad and have abs. you know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> never been this healthy before in my life. (laughs) But that's not the way it works. Because just like our physical bodies, if you've allowed a lie to be your foundation for the last 20 years, one conversation with God isn't going to set the thing straight. You're going to have to come back to this over and over again. You believed it for 20 years, and now you're going to reinforce the truth for 20 years. Because the enemy is going to keep showing back up and trying to tell you you're something that you're not, or tell you you're not something that God says you are. That's the truth. And I know uh, some of you may remember this, if you're old enough. Uh, we uh, How many of you guys remember seeing like commercials for the circus when we were growing up? anybody remember that? <sighs> right? So uh, kids, commercials are these things that used to play. Uh, <laughs> they were restroom breaks in your favorite show. just kidding. Not really though. Uh, It was obnoxious. It would get to a great part and then it would cut to, do you have a used car? No, I'm just kidding. So, but we remember seeing, like, commercial breaks, and, like, I remember seeing, like, the Ringley Brothers in the circus was coming to town, blah, blah, blah. And I remember going one time, I went to a circus with, my, with a, some friends and stuff. That's before, like, animal rights went crazy, and they realized they were abusing animals. That part does not matter uh, for this sermon. It does matter. Sorry if you're a PETA person. I don't know. Never mind. doesn't matter. Cut this part from the sermon. But I remember, I remember going to the circus, and I saw they had the elephants out by the tent. These things are huge. Elephants are huge. I don't know if you've ever seen an elephant before. Huge. Like thousands of pounds or something, and these massive, and they were tied to a stake in the ground. And me, being inquisitive, I'm like, they just walked up and was like, kink, kink, tied a stake in the ground. I was like, all right, elephant, you're stuck. <laughs> like at no point in time was this 2,000-pound animal like, bruh. <laughs> like in jungles, they use elephants to move logs. But this two-foot stake in the ground is what's holding this giant, powerful creature in one spot? Are you kidding me? But the reason why they didn't walk up to a 2,000-pound elephant and be like, "King, King, sorry, buddy. You're not moving now. That elephant would have been like, bro, I'm, I'm going to tear this whole parking lot down. Watch this. They went to the elephant when he only weighed 50 pounds or 100 pounds. And he, they hammered the stake in the ground. They tied a rope to it and the animal became more powerful but he never could see his power because all he knew was what he was tied to and for some of you you've become more powerful but you've never been able to recognize your power in god because you keep being tied to the thing that the enemy dug in the ground when you were five years old or 10 years old or whatever 25 it doesn't matter the age doesn't matter what matters is the fact that you've bought into something that's held you in one spot for way too long. And you're stuck. But the truth of God can yank that garbage right out of the ground and set you free in Jesus' name. And I told you about when I was taking over as pastor. I, I was taking over for Pastor Dan and all these lies and people were talking. And, and it's just people being people because hurt people hurt people. But I, I made it my mission. like, I'm going to prove these cats wrong. If you know anything about me, the worst thing you can tell me is I'm not going to do something. Because we're going to do it. <laughs> Hell or high water, we're going to do this. If i got to work 80 hours a week, we're going to do this. Because I'm proving everybody wrong. But if you live your life trying to prove people wrong, you're still living in the lie. You're just living on the other side of it. And what I realized was true freedom wasn't in making sure they were wrong. True freedom was making sure that they didn't matter at all. And for many of you, you've lived your whole life trying to prove some people wrong, but you're still tied to the lie. You're just tied to the other side of it. You're you're still believing it. You're just trying to prove that it's not true. But as long as you're not proving that it's not true, you're accidentally proving that it is. But what I realized is my job wasn't to prove them wrong. My job was to live free in Jesus Christ and be everything he called me to be and move these people out of the way because they don't need to matter. And can I tell you something? You need to move some people and some words out of the way. It's not that you need to prove them wrong. You just need to get rid of them altogether. And this isn't, this isn't exactly what Paul was saying in Romans 12, but I think it connects pretty well. And I want to give it to you. Romans 12 too. He says, don't, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now Paul's in Romans 12 is speaking a little more to like the sinful character of the world, but I think our thoughts are just as sinful as our actions. And so we need to pay attention. Don't, man, don't, don't put your attention there. Don't, don't think like the world thinks. You gotta start thinking differently. Then, say then. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God wants. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then you'll be able to do that. But until you, you, you'll you never get there if you don't ever get free. That's why you need freedom in Jesus' name. So how do you do that? I just want to give this to you. This is very easy. Well, I should say it's simple. It's not always easy. Let the one who created you declare what truth is. Let the one who created you declare what truth is. What they said, what people said, even what you speak of yourself, that stuff doesn't matter. Because the one that created you says, this is my creation. The one that created you says that you're beautiful. The one that created you says that, yeah, you got some stuff that is jacked up. But because of the cross of Jesus Christ, I can set you free in Jesus' name. Yeah, you you got some things in your life, but the beauty is, like, man, I've come to bring you freedom. I've come to bring you hope. I've come to bring you joy. I've come to bring you peace. I've come to set you free. Like, the the reality is, yeah, we got a lot of things going on in our life, but you know what the truth is? The truth is he still came and died for me. Because he died for me, I can be free. And I want you to think with me just for a second. If, If we could all go to that place where we were walking in true, genuine freedom. Imagine how you could start seeing the people that God has placed around you if you could see yourself the way God sees you. Well, we could love people better. We could serve people better. We could not just be free ourselves. We can bring other people to freedom too. That's the life that God wants us to live. I want to invite you to go. Let's go on the journey together, can we? In Jesus' name, let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you bring freedom and healing into our lives. God, for every person that's watching online, that's in the room today, that words have shaped and even torn down parts of our lives. They've been tiny little stakes that were dug in the ground of our heart that as we've grown, we're still stuck. God, I pray right now that you set free. Hmm. For some of you in this room, the Holy Spirit is speaking right now. And he's saying one year from now, you will not be in the same place you've been for 30 years. That you've been stuck in a rut. But today, you're going to make a decision that I'm no longer going to live like that. And in one year, we're going to see God do so much in your life that the people that you knew aren't even going to recognize you when you get back around them. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand right now. Just This is unusual, unusual for us. If that's you right now, I, need, I, I I got to buy into something new. Right now, God, I speak life into every person right now that's believing that the next year is going to be better than the last 30. That the lies that have been spoken over them, that they are not, they will not be, they can't be. God, that you would shatter those things in Jesus' name. You would bring freedom that they can recognize that you made them, you made them with a purpose. They're not an accident. They're your divine creation to walk out a purpose. And so God, I pray right now that words would be broken off like bondage changed in Jesus' name and that they would walk in absolute freedom, that they can declare the truth, they can walk out the truth and they can be world changers in their world, that they could see monumental shifts take place, that where they have been for decades will not be the place that they are in 12 months and that you will change change the trajectory of their life in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Close your eyes with me one more time. If you're here today and you want that fresh start, I'm here to tell you Jesus is the fresh start. You want to walk in that freedom? Jesus is the freedom. You may know about God, but if you were honest with yourself, if you're in this room, you're watching online, you say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He's my life doesn't belong to him, but There's something going on on your heart right now. And you're saying, but I need to give him my life. I want to be saved. Sin separates us from God. But what Jesus did at the cross paid the price for that sin. And we can know God. And today, if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. To surrender your heart to God and put your faith that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for those sins. Pray this prayer with me. And the whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you wanna connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially and we would love it if you would consider doing just that as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.